I'm Valeria Gras, and you are listening to Textures. Texture is a podcast about art, design, and entrepreneurship. In each episode, I chat with artists, designers, creators, and innovators, the people who add textures to our world. In each episode, you will meet with creative minds, discover their world, their work, and how they made it happen. Texture is an informal and open conversation about living and leading a creative life. Today, we will be speaking with Jacqueline Mark. Jacqueline is an editorial and commercial photographer based in New Orleans. Her specialty is capturing people and interiors. Her clients range from interior designers and lifestyle publication to companies both big and small. We will be talking about the genesis of her passion for photography, how she has turned it into a career, and what she has learned along the way. Hi Jacqueline, thank you for coming here today. Oh, thank you for having me. Jacqueline, so you are from New Orleans, and it's my understanding that your call for photography started very, at a very young age. And I think you define yourself as a sentimental girl with a deep sense of no nostalgia. I think it's very pretty. Uh, well, that's definitely how I would describe myself as a high school girl and even now today. But I've always appreciated this city and been inspired by this city. And I think that loving everything that was around me and wanting to capture it and hold on to the moments was what drew me to taking pictures. And uh, is the city still your muse? Yeah, I mean, in, in a lot of ways it is. I mean, I'm, I am inspired just walking around the block or driving and looking at the, the houses. I love the architecture here. I love the vibrancy of the people. Um, there's just no other place like this. Yes, that's true. And was it the only, um, did it become the natural means of expression for you or you had other interest into other visual art? So um, what happened was, is I was in high school and I decided to drop a physics class and I was going to try to get into the visual arts class. And the teacher, Mr. Coloss, told me that he did not have room for another student in the visual arts class, but that if I wanted to buy a camera, that he would teach me photography. Well, that's and, very special. Yes. And it was sort of out of the blue. And it was just like one of those moments in life that ends up defining you. And it just appealed to me. It's like this light bulb went off and I it just felt like this is what I needed to do and so he wrote down the kind of camera that I needed to buy and sent me to a store on St. Charles he said this is where you need to go this man sells like old cameras um, vintage cameras so I got an old metal, metal body all manual Canon AE1 And, um, and every week I would buy a roll of film and 
um, I would take pictures and he would send me to color picks to have a contact sheet printed and he and I would discuss the compositions, the subject matter, and he had this great library of photography books and he had me study all these different photographers and um, read about their lives, look at their work. He'd send me to galleries in the warehouse district to write reviews. And um, I think that he enjoyed it as much as I did because I think he had a passion for photography and wanted to like indulge that and discuss it with a student. Um, so it's definitely your first mentor. He was my first mentor. And I wasn't even sure that I was artistic. You know, like... My parent, neither of my parents were particularly artistic, and I just grew up thinking that maybe I just didn't have that in me. And just for him to even propose that I take up photography was amazing because it ended up being my means of expression. Do you remember your first picture? I mean, the female of it? Well, you know, I remember, I think my first role that I bought and shot in that camera, um, on that first contact sheet, I think I had pictures of the kids who lived across the street from me. I took portraits of them in the street. I took a close-up, detailed shot of mushrooms growing on a tree. And there was a building down the street. I lived in Algiers Point, and there was a building down on the street that runs by the levee. And it had um, bullet holes in the windows. Interesting. And I remember doing detailed shots of that. I was just looking at things in a macro way and... Um, and doing portraits, like and capturing also um, st like street photography. So would you say that your camera helped you to have a different perspective of the world, or your vision was different? You know, looking behind your camera or looking with your eyes—is that the same? To me, it's totally different because, um, well, okay, no, because I, I. I see things and I can feel them and appreciate them without my camera, of course. But you experience it differently when you have your camera up to your face because it sort of isolates you in the moment and you see it as an observer and you experience it in a different way. So you're slightly detached, but you're feeling it. And it also emboldens me in a lot of ways. Um, especially having worked as a newspaper photographer for so many years, like just I would do anything and get close and um, experience anything with my camera there and not be scared. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, personally, I love macro pictures because I feel like uh, it's, you can discover a entire new world. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. For sure, and that was one of those. That was one of the first things that fascinated me and interested me. And in that regard, yes, you are looking at things in a new way because you're getting up close in a way that you, you maybe not 
you maybe wouldn't take the time to stop and see and like really, really see otherwise. So you just mentioned your um, career as a uh, photojournalist mm -hmm. and in between high school and your first job. Mm -hmm. Can you just tell us what happened? So I went to college at Boston University and I knew that I wanted to do something with communication. I knew that I wanted to either write or take pictures. Um, I thought that I'd work for maybe a magazine, um, but I knew that I would do something creative in that way. And um, and then when I was in Boston, I um, I had some great photojournalism teachers. Um, one in particular who just really saw something in me and encouraged me, and. Um, And I just, I, I learned how to work in the dark room. I learned how to shoot on film. Um, I was processing my own film, first black and white, and then in color as well, um, and uh, making my own prints. And um, every week we would, um, well, this was after I declared my, my major in, in photojournalism, but every week we would have to do a photo story. So we'd have to... Um, propose something to the teacher he would accept it and we'd tell the story in pictures and so we were learning how to communicate with different focal lengths um, telling the story completely without redundancy and um, looking cl up close as well as looking far away at your subject and giving the viewer a full picture of a person or a place or a thing through the camera. After college, I, um, I started working at newspapers. I was resistant to it at first because I thought it wasn't creative enough for me, but it ended up being the perfect place for me. Um, so I started working at a place called the Patriot Ledger right outside of Boston. And I also had some great mentors there. Um, It was a little isolating to be the young person among a staff of older people right out of college, but at the same time, everybody was so eager to teach me, and I was eager to learn. And then from there, I got a job as a staff photographer at a, a community newspaper uh, called the Newport Daily News, and um, I moved to Newport, Rhode Island. And it was a family-owned newspaper, um, a community where you can get to know everyone. And yeah, small city, beautiful, and a lot of events. Yes, a small city with a lot of charm, a lot of natural beauty, and, um, and more events than you would expect for a place that small. And so after you moved back to your home city, New Orleans, mm -hmm. and how did you start it again? Because you were, uh, you were away from uh, New Orleans for some time. So when you came back, you know, was it obvious that you wanted to work as a freelance? Or you, how did it happen? Well, I sort of, once I started working as a photographer, I never saw myself doing anything else. I was just like, I am a photographer. This is what I do, and I need to do this. 
And so I quit my job at the newspaper. I had worked there for 16 years, and my husband got transferred to New Orleans. So we moved here, and I was like, okay, well, now I have to be freelance. I mean, the newspaper world isn't the same. I'm not going to go and get a job at a newspaper, you know. And at that point, um, I was photographing interiors, um, and I had started doing that when I was still working full-time at the newspaper. Um, After we bought our house in 2009, I just got really into like design blogs and design magazines and um and wanted to explore people's homes and so i started working as a contributor for apartment therapy and so i would scout um, cool homes and i would photograph the people in their spaces and shoot a complete house tour which with my background in photojournalism, um, how I mentioned every week we'd have to do this photo story, um, it prepared me to be able to tell a story of a home and the people who live in it. Um, and so um, I and I, I loved that. I love the feeling you get when you go into someone's house and you explore and you get to see them in a way that you maybe didn't know them before. And it's a total different approach. Completely. Of, you know, interior photography versus, you know, the photojournalism you were doing. I think you told me one day that you, the fact that you renovated your home, your own house, sorry, uh, was also a good way to just start with interior photography. Yeah, well, I was taking some pictures of our house, but more than anything, I was appreciating interiors in a new way. And I also, when I worked at the newspaper, I would get to go to the homes of artists. I would walk I would walk into strangers' homes almost daily and introduce myself and I'm here to take your picture for whatever story and um and when I would find a gym it was just the best feeling when you'd walk into someone's house and they had like amazing collections or they were an artist and um they had created this own little special world it was something that I really I really loved and so um I was really my first um houses that I would do stories on a lot of them were um a little offbeat and different, which was sort of like the New Orleans in me. You know, I was like finding that in Rhode Island. Um, but when we moved here, I knew that I was going to continue um, shooting interiors. But it's also, you're right, a completely different approach because when you're working as a photojournalist, you have to improvise, you have to be like quick on your feet, you have to be fluid and like in the moment. And, um, and capture what's happening and be flexible. And when you're shooting interiors, you're more methodical and um, calculated, and you're using a tripod. Um, it's a totally different rhythm. It's a completely different rhythm. and um, But it's one that works for me. And that's uh, how we met, mm-hmm. because when you um, arrived in, when I came back in New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, as we said, you started your own um, business. And one day you just contacted me and my business was not that old at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And I understood the value of having good pictures. 
And I realized something that I had no idea is, you know, I, I'm an interior designer and I feel like, okay, I can style the picture of the, the interior that we want to photograph. And I found out that styling is extremely important Mm-hmm. for you as a photographer mm-hmm. but it's definitely another job it's mm-hmm. not interior design it's mm-hmm. not part of a photographer's job mm-hmm. it's something very different and it just again it was learning something about another creative uh, work yes i'm learning as i go along that um the value of of styling and um and i'm looking forward to working um, closely with a stylist in the future, hopefully. I'm trying to develop that relationship right now. So I think in 2009, uh, this is where we all started to uh, discover social media, apps, Instagram, all the filters. How did it change your your, your, your life as a photographer? Well, um, my daughter was born in 2011 and I took tons of pictures of her with my camera. Um, I was always documenting in her first years of life, but I would also use my phone a good bit. And um, at the time I was using this app called Hipstamatic a lot. And it's funny because it would like imitate these different kinds of film that I used to shoot with, that I learned with. Um, So it's like just so many layers of irony and, <laughs> and like postmodernism, um, but I, I sort of used both interchangeably um, when she was growing up, or she's, she's only eight now, but, um, but I, I use my, my camera on my phone differently now, though. Um, I'm going back to wanting to use my camera for... The real camera, you mean? My real camera for my personal images again. But it's definitely changed photography. Um, I think in some ways it's devalued photography because everybody thinks that they're a photographer now. And then in other ways it's made it more important because we live in this visual world now. Totally, and yes. everyone wants to put out the best images and yeah, so visual content is so important nowadays. yeah yeah yes and you know also the best camera is the one that you carry with you yes this is true <laughs> so sometimes I do have to use my phone and you know it's it's fine but I was listening to you uh, when you're talking about how you used to take picture and bring the film to the star get it what is the word processed processed you know and it looks like it was in another century which <laughs> basically was it but you know uh, it's so different nowadays you really have an instant vision of a, a shot how the technology um impact a pos- i mean is that a positive way is are you losing the charm of doing the you know the old style photography with having maybe one, two, three, four days until you have the result of what you're shooting. Is that something that you, um, did you, do you think it's really changed? It's changed things tremendously. And film definitely is becoming like this romantic, like charming, um, nostalgic thing. A lot of people are shooting film again now. Um, But... 
when you're doing photography, for instance, like during my time as a photojournalist, being able to shoot digital changed the job tremendously and made it easier because I was having to process my work immediately after shooting it. And I would go into the dark room, I'd process it, um, I would dry the film and lay it out, cut it, look at it on, on a light table, um, and then scan it. And there were so many steps before I even saw the images that I created or knew if I caught the moment and got right, it in yes. focus, you know? And I would shoot all different kinds of things. But for instance, with sports, there were so many times where I left a game and I was like, oh my gosh, did I get that shot? Did I nail it? And you wouldn't know. And of course, like your high is really high when you look at the negative and you see that you, you nailed it and you caught it and it was in focus and it was perfect. But, um, but your life is a lot easier when you're shooting digital and you can look on the back of the film, I mean the camera and see, oh, I got this. So now I can leave, I can go back in the newsroom and I can file my story. Um, and that can be said for any event. And then in terms of interiors, my goodness, I mean, being able to look at the back of your camera and then look at a computer screen at the same time and like move things um, like with a stylist yeah, or adjust elements. Yeah, adjust shot. elements of the, the picture. Ugh, it's just, it's everything, you know, it, 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 um, it changes the game entirely. I, I mean, I never worked as an interior photographer shooting films, so I, I don't know, it just it seems like it would be a lot harder. You know, art, I mean, photography art also changed so much when you remember the picture from, do I know, you know, the black and white pictures, mm -hmm. just, you know, again, you have to wait. I mean, I assume he had to wait, you know, a certain amount of time to get his result and now you have new artist photographer being able to adjust the you know edit adjust the color just zoom in it's just recrop it's just very different i, I mean, think that people used to have to be more careful and there was more um there was less room for error especially if you were waiting for a moment Um, like that decisive moment if you're standing there and you're like waiting for the person to walk in the perfect spot to capture that that image that you have in your mind um, you, you, maybe it's less magic somehow you know? I, I agree you know. I agree but anyway there's no, nothing wrong with a new this is just a thought I wanted to ask you what your mission is as a photographer I would say two things. One is to move people, for them to look at an image and feel something. Um, and, and be moved. And then the other is to connect with either the subject or, for instance, if it's for an interior designer to connect with the person who designed the space or if I'm shooting um, a homeowner's space to like you build a connection with with the person and um, get to know them in a different way. Um, there's something really intimate about 
photography and the experience of um, having someone capture your space or capture your design or if it's portraiture to capture your your essence you know your emotions and then um, so I also still shoot um, more like photojournalistic style work as well I shoot jazz fest and that's a very fast-paced um, emotional emotion filled experience and with those photos I'm always looking to make people feel like they're there and to feel the joy and um, and the emotion of music and culture yeah, and I really invite you to go on uh, Jacqueline's website or Instagram but jazz fest pictures are absolutely stunning mm, thank you you know camera can be a little bit intimidating for people I guess when you do portraits mm -hmm. or of course when you do instant like jazz fest it's different you just melt into the crowd and mm -hmm. just capture um, it's another approach again when you do portrait mm -hmm. you know camera can be very intimidating and taking a portrait it's not taking a portrait it's really very personal it's the portrait you're going to shoot with me will be different from someone else not that we our face looks different mm -hmm. but because our personality is different and how can you translate that into your picture um that's the challenge right is to to connect and to um tell a person's story and um that with portraiture the connection that you make with the subject is even more important than what you're going to see um, through the lens and making the person comfortable which I think that I tend to do just by talking and engaging because I'm truly curious and really interested in people and um, and, and genuine and when people feel that I think that they loosen up um, and also sense that I'm like not judging them and if you can make someone relax and feel comfortable and trusting you and trust yeah and have them trust you then you'll capture their essence so when would you define when a picture is complete I mean when do you think you're satisfied it's like this innate feeling I just know when I every time I have left a shoot and felt like you know I really should have worked that more I'm I always realized that my instinct was right and that I I needed to keep going and I, I have very few situa situations like that now I keep going until I feel that I've nailed it and it nags at me if I if I don't so you just finished um one week shot in an island you were shooting a beautiful mm -hmm. uh resort mm -hmm. how do you prepare when you just go into an unknown destination you don't know the um, space you educate yourself about whatever you can grab from, you know, the space you're going to shoot, the people you're going to shoot. How do you prepare for a shot in general? So I went to an island called Guana, and they um, hired me to come and photograph the island after it had been rebuilt um, 
after Hurricane Irma. And so I was shooting their rooms and their staff and their beaches, their chef, their food, um, just pretty much like documenting everything. And um, so I devoured anything that I could find in terms of images online um, so that I had a familiarity with with what the the land and what the surroundings and the vegetation would look like and other than that um, I was lucky in that situation because I had someone managing all of the production so even everything from um, booking my flight to scheduling our room, like everything that we were shooting each day and doing all the coordination with the staff, that was all done for me. So that's like a whole other job. Um, and so that enabled me to show up and just get my schedule and um, day by day, just take it, you know, as it was presented to me. And I think that working as a newspaper photographer and like not always knowing what you would be doing that day. Um, I mean, I would get a schedule, but it was always changing. Um, I would only know a day in advance what, what I was going to be doing. So I'm able to improvise and be flexible. And that is a huge skill that, um, helps me professionally because you know, you can't just, even when you think that you know what to expect when you go into a situation, it's a lot of times that's not how it goes and you just have to go with the flow. From this little girl in New Orleans going to Boston, Newport, then come back to New Orleans and just, you know, doing this beautiful one-week shoot on this very special place, what do you think your creative journey is going to bring you in the future? Um... I hope to go to more islands. <laughs> no, I would love to have more travel shoots. But um, realistically, I just hope to keep connecting with other creative people and collaborating with them and um, capturing the work of designers who I really admire and um, capturing people in places that, that I feel you know, places that speak to me. So really, you know, I feel lucky just to be able to work as a photographer. So um, I've already, I'm already pleased. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for your time. That was really interesting and I really enjoyed the moment. Oh, thank you so much, Valerie. A big thank you to Jacqueline Mark for sharing a story with us. If you want to learn more about Jacqueline, you can go on our website at www.jacquelinemark.com and you can follow her work on Instagram at jmarkphoto. To find Jacqueline's books and podcast recommendations, follow us on Instagram at texture.podcast. Follow us here to stay up to date on new episodes. If you like what you heard in today's episode, please subscribe to our show. Thank you to all of our listeners. Rendezvous next time.